Hello and welcome to another episode of CryptoCast. Today I'm de- delighted to be joined by David McIlroy, barrister and head of chambers at Forum Chambers. Hi David, it's great to have you on. It's great to be here, thank you. So just sort of start and take a step back. Can you kind of give us a bit of an outline of the sorts of issues you're seeing on the dispute side of blockchain and crypto assets? Yeah, so I think that the main thing that we've seen for a while are disputes relating to either stolen crypto assets or uh, to crypto assets that have been paid over in ransomware attacks. Uh, So there's been a lot of those sort of cases where people are trying to recover their uh, crypto assets. Um, We're also beginning to see a few cases relating to pump and dump. So that's where a new uh, kind of crypto asset comes on the scene. Uh, there's a lot of hype about it. Uh, and then the price goes up as everybody invests. And then the promoters uh, pull the rug from underneath the crypto uh, currency and disappear with the proceeds. One other thing that we've seen uh, recently, and I think this is going to be a growing area in future, uh, relates to uh, lost private keys. So there's quite a lot of crypto assets out there, particularly stuff that was bought in the early days uh, where uh, the owners can't remember what the private key is or can't find the private key. Uh, And we're just seeing uh, disputes beginning to arise where they're trying to test out uh, the extent to which the promoters or developers of cryptocurrency uh, exchanges or otherwise hold on to uh, data that would allow users to get access to their private keys again. And in terms of, because you mentioned a called different types of disputes there. In terms of the sorts of how people are going about it and, and, and trying to make these things work, do you have any advice for those looking to, to kind of go to court over, over these sorts of things? Are there things they should do before speaking to, to barristers and the like, or, or you know, how, how should they go about it? Well, the, the first couple of types of disputes I mentioned relating to stolen crypto or crypto paid over in ransomware attacks, uh, speed is of the essence. Um, What you're going to want to do uh, if you've got any hope of recovering the crypto is you're going to want to freeze it before it's being withdrawn from wallets or transferred to non-cooperative jurisdictions. Uh, And if you're going to move quickly, that means you need to use the right lawyers. Uh, You don't want to be using lawyers who've never heard of cryptocurrency. You don't want to use lawyers who uh, don't understand blockchain technology. Uh, And you don't want to use lawyers who don't have uh, good links with tracing experts uh, because you're going to need lawyers and you're going to need some people who can do some data mining in order to work out where the crypto has gone. Uh, So those are the kind of basics with those sort of disputes. Um, I mentioned that the end game there is really to try and get a freezing injunction. Uh, Getting a freezing injunction, you're going to uh, need to take seriously uh, the duty of full and frank disclosure that's there. I've seen uh, uh, people uh, seeking to recover their cryptocurrency uh, coming a cropper uh, because they haven't uh, complied with that duty. I think the other thing as well is uh, to make sure, uh, with the help of the tracing experts, that you're going after the right exchange. There's, there's recently been a case in which uh, an adverse cost order was made against uh, a claimant because they'd gone after and obtained an order against one particular uh, cryptocurrency exchange, where actually there was no evidence whatsoever that that exchange uh, had ever had anything to do with any of the stolen crypto or that any of it passed through that exchange. And in terms of, kind of how, how the 
the tracing side first. I mean, presumably these things sort of having built costs. Is there kind of, you know, how, how do you want it's appropriate to go to try and discount one of these things? I mean, presumably if it's like 50 pounds worth of crypto, it's probably not worth the effort. You know, how best is it to sort of manage the cost size of this? Well, you're right. Uh, litigation is only worth it if you can do it at an appropriate scale. Um, it's for that reason, I think that certainly in relation to the ransomware attacks, it's been um, insurers or large corporates have been the ones who've been leading those sorts of claims. Um, for smaller investors, uh, I think uh, it, it's often worth talking to a lawyer uh, about whether it's possible to get a class claim together. The difficulty with that um, is, again, the, the problem with building the class quickly. Uh, but if you've got people who are using any sort of social media forum uh, as a way of working out what to exchange, uh, what, what to buy or what to sell, uh, they may have existing contacts that they may be able to use quite quickly to build up a class so that you can get the, the, the volume of claimants up to scale to make it worth mitigating. Uh, are we seeing many sort of class actions in the UK? Because I'm just aware that class actions tend to be seen as more of a US type way of doing litigation. Are class actions becoming increasingly accepted as a way of, of litigating things in the UK in this kind of case? Yes, they are. I mean, we, class actions have, uh, have been around professional negligence claims for quite some while now. Um, we've seen moves towards uh, the increasing use of opt-out class actions in uh, competition appeal tribunal. Uh, that's not there yet in relation to these sorts of crypto claims. Uh, but class actions are a well-established feature of the litigation uh, scene now uh, in the UK. And the judges are familiar with them and, and understand that they're an appropriate way, the necessary way of responding to uh, uh, situations where you have large numbers of people, each of whom have lost a sum of money that to them may be significant, uh, but isn't perhaps uh, big enough uh, to warrant the expenditure on specialist lawyers and, and tracing experts just on its own. And I think the other thing just about it goes about in terms of, you know, these are disputes here at the moment, but also kind of what is the likely evolution of disputes in blockchain crypto assets? And, and do you think that that actually will be potentially used as part of litigation in terms of blockchain being used for litigation? Or do you think it's going to be very much, um, you know, the courts have an existing system and they're unlikely to change? So I think you've asked a couple of very uh, a couple of questions there. Um, so far as the evolution of uh, claims is concerned, um, one uh, big area I think is going to be misrepresentation claims. So what we saw last year in the states was Kim Kardashian and some other celebrities lending their voice to a new cryptocurrency called Ethereum Max. Now Ethereum Max had absolutely nothing to do with the well-established cryptocurrency Ethereum. And was again a classic pump and dump scheme that promoters used Kim Kardashian and others to advertise it widely. It launched uh, the initial coin offering and was very successful. Price spiked uh, and then the promoters pulled the rug and disappeared off. Uh, and we're seeing a, a big claim in the States relating to, to that with Kim Kardashian as one of the defendants. Um, just this week in the UK, we have seen Michael Owen, the former footballer, uh, come out and say that his new range of NFTs, non-fungible tokens, uh, cannot lose their initial value. Uh, and he's immediately been criticised in the press for saying something that cannot possibly be true. Uh, so uh, I think misrepresentation claims are going to be a big uh, developing area. They're a hot topic 
for the uh, UK regulators as well. The Advertising Standards Agency is already picking up on misleading adverts and the FCA is moving into that space as well. The other question you were asking, I think, relates to jurisdiction. Um, I think there are a lot of us who think that the ideal place for crypto claims uh, or many types of crypto claims to be resolved is via arbitration. And in England, we have ready to go the digital dispute resolution rules. Um, what uh, we may see is uh, future generations of cryptocurrencies uh, containing smart contracts uh, written into their code, uh, which uh, would require uh, disputes relating to them uh, to be dealt with by arbitration. Uh, and uh, I, there are obvious advantages to that, uh, not least of which is it's much easier to enforce an arbitration award uh, in multiple jurisdictions uh, than it is necessarily a court judgment. Thank you, that's been really helpful. I'm afraid that's all we've had got time for. Thank you, David, for coming on. That, that's been really interesting. If anyone listening would like to reach out, David's email is dmcilroy, M-C-I-L-R-O-Y, at forumchambers.com. Thanks for coming on, David. It's been fantastic. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Gunner Cook has a market-leading blockchain, crypto assets and DeFi team, providing legal advice across the whole of the blockchain ecosystem. Our members have been heavily involved in helping shape the legal and regulatory framework for blockchain and crypto assets from the start, meaning that we have an intuitive understanding of our clients' needs and can provide focused, pragmatic advice at predictable cost. For more information, please visit our website. Thank you again.